Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Jay. Hi, Marie. Hi, Hi listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum, where we process our media theory takeaways and hot takes from last night's episode of the Kardashians. That's right. So it looks like today we have six takeaways Mm -hmm. from season three, episode one. From a kind of like hesitant beginning. We're going to see like what the vibe is. So far, everyone seems a little tired. And yes. cyborgic. For sure. Cyborgic, cyborgish. It's like very uncanny valley. Which it always is. No, it always is, but it's like there's something. It's like what we say a lot is like reference without a center. Yeah. Which is like basically hyper reality, which we're also going to talk about today. Yes. It's like a new iteration of the uncanny valley. The ante has been upped, the software has been updated. And everyone's really skinny and really like robot doll. Yes. And like the plastic surgery is really like we're the CGI level of the animation <gasps> trajectory. Yes. Of technological development. Yes. There was old school Disney and now we're at CGI like roly polioli. <laughs> You know, yes. is that an American reference? Yeah, I think possibly. Did you guys have that in the UK? Wait, no, I need to see Roly Polioli. But like, basically, like, oh yeah, yes, we have yes, we have long moved on from the comforts of drawn animation. I forgot that this is like what Roly Polioli looks like. <laughs> This really captures, good job. Thank you. This really captures like, the vibe of season season three no, of the Kardashians. Exactly, because what we're saying is like we have long moved away from the comforts of draw animation. <laughs> and we have now gone to like the kind of animation you see when you see modern children's yeah. animated television, which yeah. is like clearly computer generated. And much less comforting. And that's how the Kardashians feel this season. Yeah. Because I do think a lot of people used to watch it for, like, the looks warm. Even when it's cold, like, it's, like, sisters lounging in sweatsuits together aristocratically Mm -hmm. and, like, comfortably. And there is a severity now that is on a – it's just we can't. It's inescapable and they know it. And we can't shake it. So the first thing we noticed was the power of sound mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. With the Beyonce song. With like the Beyonce hit song of the summer. And they're at Moonlight Rollerway, which is 
a very popular at this point, like iconic roller skating rink in LA. And that alone is interesting because I think there are numbers. I'm guessing that they looked at numbers to show that there's a huge market in roller skating that like boomed again during the pandemic. Obviously roller skating has always been like a part of the culture. Um, It's a big part of black culture or some black communities. And it's interesting to see the Kardashians in a roller rink, specifically rolling to Beyonce. And then Courtney makes a joke, we're rolling into season three. You can tell that that's how someone pitched it along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like they appropriated a Beyonce song to use a song, especially of that, like a hit song. That was a licensing deal that mm-hmm. they made with Beyonce. For sure. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that like they know at this point that you understand the machinery of the whole operation. So they know that you're thinking, oh, that's a big deal that they had a deal with Beyonce. It's a statement yeah. of this, again, how high scale it is that their access, their level of access it is. It's another form of spectacle. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later, and they're really marking the shift from written cult. Marshall McLuhan would put it this way. They are following the shift from written culture into oral culture. Marshall McLuhan wrote a lot about what it is to live in a culture dominated by writing, the alphabet, the written word, and how there were previous eras of cultures uh, and humankind, human history that were oral, where people were passing down stories verbally. And that includes sound, like you're hearing it and then you're passing it on. And I actually do feel like we're shifting into like oral culture again with TikTok and like Mm -hmm. how much storytelling is happening through TikTok and Mm -hmm. how memes are now happening through sound. Mm -hmm. And like, they seem really aware of that by using hit songs that people like immediately go to. They didn't used to invest so much money. Maybe they didn't have the budget for, they were using stock music. Like Mm -hmm. we said, we were talking about like Mm -hmm. in previous conversations. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like the earlier seasons. Yeah. I, that was something I even noticed. I was like, they have, more money to mm-hmm. spend on music and they are not they're using like shitty stock music yeah but now it's like the it's tracking the evolution yeah like were we getting a behind the scenes of the promo or were we getting like a were we getting a like in the moment behind the scenes of the moment they were creating for that scene you I know what i mean that may be the new intro for every episode and we got behind the scenes of their shooting of it gotcha. i think that's how they i think they like led us into the beginning of the new season by showing us we're filming to this Beyonce song rolling along the roller way. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to be seeing them rolling around every episode. Okay. I think to that Beyonce song. I I wonder if it opens. I mean, we'll find out when we watch the next screener. Right. Um, But in any event, I think that they were like, we want movement. We want a hit song. We want someone that like, I mean, Beyonce is like the pop icon mm-hmm. and we need to be catching people's ears, not eyes as much anymore. It's like for not sure. least interesting to look at anymore. It's like most interesting to hear. Yeah. And for so sure. then they have the Jenner sisters driving a car and struggling with the stick shift. And Kylie makes a joke like they, they make a joke about jiggling the stick shift. Mm-hmm. And then Kylie says, oh, jiggle, jiggle. And then it launches into that TikTok sound. Yeah. That like whenever that was trending, I don't know when it was trending, but we you hear it and you know it, right? Which also much it must show like how in real time they're like creating these stories and like writing the show essentially because it's like 
while that sound was trending, they were probably like, let's get a storyline mm-hmm. going around this. Mm-hmm. I have the strong feeling that someone was instructed to just use the words jiggle, jiggle in the filming of that scene well that is like the constant question is like how much of it are they just like spinning things that do organically happen um how much of it is timing where it's like okay she said jiggle jiggle so now we could do Mm -hmm. we could put in that popular sound and they're like oh hell yeah was that just like a little like Mm post-production like uh, like inspiration or was it like actually and that's like maybe the question of the kardashians always is like or was it um, planned around it? Yeah. Which is, just to give you guys more media theory takeaways, Daniel J. Borston talks about pseudo-events. It's not exactly what you would think. I mean, pseudo-events are a little bit what they sound like, a constructed event. But the idea is that media moved in into a direction where there was a new onus on public figures to construct events with the headline in mind. So there was like the structure in mind to fill in. Mm. And so the question with the Kardashians is often, are these all pseudo events for the sake of the end game of a high drama reality show scene? Or when memes really became even more central to culture, a lot of people were clocking. That was to make a meme. Mm-hmm. That was like a silly moment right. or like a highly visual moment or a punchliney moment so that maybe memes will be distributed of mm-hmm. the moment. And so that's why I think that like throwing out jiggle jiggle and then putting an entire driving sequence to the song because they played the full song was just an interesting like they're integrate they're bringing t- TikTok memes which are mostly through sound into the texture of the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And they've always yeah, they've always done that. Yeah. But it's just an interesting shift from something so visual of like Kendall cutting a cucumber funny to realizing they have to bring in music to For our sure. ears. For sure. No, yeah. absolutely. No, yeah. yeah, they're just evolving with like um what will be the most distributed because yeah. that's always been part of like the engineering of it all. Yeah. But just, like, like, think about how that's going to shift us consciously. Like, like, that shifts us cognitively, like, en masse. I'm not saying the Kardashians are doing it. They are reflecting a change. But there's a change that, like, is coming. For sure. Like, podcast, like, look what we're doing right now. What do you think that is, though? That's, like, crazy. Because I don't get, like, why sound? Why now? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that we're still a highly visual culture. So I don't think that's ever really going to go away. I think we're still going to be, you know, like... Kim in her big white, as you put it, mausoleum space. Um, Marie was noticing that like their homes are really like mausoleums. Um, yeah. But wearing like her bright red shorts when she's having a conversation with Chris. I mean, that stuff is still striking. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be also methodically curating imagery. But one thing's for sure, we're moving away from written culture, mm-hmm. you know, which is right. images with captions. I mean, I think that's changing. You know, what's interesting is like, it could be some capitalist shit as always of why sound is kind of like the moment right now because we are taking it's a it's a more efficient way to take in information yes (gasps) (laughs) Yes. no dude even i as a writer this is why it's like very terrifying i am so much lazier about like banging out the texts or the emails back to people i just want to like get to my next task so for me it's like voice memos are easier because they can be faster so I can get on to my next thing of my busy days. And so, and that is, I feel the shift in my brain. It's like, it takes more practice now to sit down and like write an email thoughtfully. Oh, so yes. And I think a lot of people are using voice memos more and more. Yes. And cause what made me think of it is, um, that I like listen to podcasts mm-hmm. while I'm like doing other shit, mm-hmm. you know, totally. 
No, it is about compression of time, space and time. For sure. The Kardashians have like caught up with that big time. Okay. Takeaway number two. Dolce & Gabbana hyper-reality. Okay. Michelle, will you please define for us hyper-reality before we get any further into this point? Don't mind if I do. Okay. There's a definition that I've always really liked on Wikipedia, so let me see if I can find it. This is... This is like new. Wow. What, someone like added in Disney. Yes. Someone added in Disneyland recently. Okay. Cool. Let's see. Let's ask chat GPT. What the, let's just like do like a fun like experiment what they're going to say. Okay. Oh my God. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's we, that might be a fun thing to play with. Yeah. Even though it's like very like disturbing too. Okay. Sure. How would you define <laughs> I'm just You laughing. can share what you're seeing. I'm laughing because her history of what she's asked at chat GPT is on here and it's like something about Balinese cats. <laughs> That's right. But okay, Michelle just asked um I knew they I knew they wouldn't disappoint us and this is not a endorsement of chat GPT by the way. Michelle just asked and now it answered. Hyperreality is a concept that refers to the blurring of boundaries between reality and the simulated or constructed representations of reality. So by that logic, the Kardashian world, the Kardashian simulacrum is just moving through a soup of not knowing what's real and what's constructed. And that I think is going to be on full display with whatever this coming narrative of tension conflict between Courtney and Kim about Dolce and Gabbana and that also puts Dolce and Gabbana at the center of this like tension and excitement and you know so it's probably ultimately like a continuation of their brand deal yes it's just not like the exact brand deal that they're trying to make it seem like it is the same way like Balenciaga became like the middleman between Kim and Kanye during their divorce right oh my god (gasps) There's brand deals at the helm. They're like selling yes. their conflicts as brand sponsorship opportunities. Yes, because this essence of publicity really is just like great narrative being generated behind a product. And no one really was doing negative energy before. It was like, look at this like fun flouncy wedding or or maybe a spicy new relationship. But like the Kim and Kanye divorce was a branded divorce, which obviously like I wrote at length about. And now, now they might've found that that formula worked and it's Mm -hmm. like, let's have a sister fight with some Dolce and Gabbana in the middle. Right. Because we're also realizing that like they're going back and recycling old storylines too. Um, They do that like later on in the episode with like, saying that Courtney and uh, Chloe are going to do hijinks just yes. like they used to. So like, that's why I like this Dolce and Gamana thing feels like it's going to be hyper real. Cause it's just like playing off of the like real tension that we know was there with back him. in 2018 when they had yeah. their makeup on the fight, makeup on the wall fight. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, that, that played. Right. And like, 
actually, we don't have time to get into the history of it. And that's fine. I mean, everyone knows the fight. It's iconic. There's analyses that Marie and I have about like, what felt real about that? What felt staged about it? How it seems they may have moved through it and now are in a place where they can recycle it safely, potentially. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it does reopen old wounds and this is a real fight. But I just, I'm a little bit skeptical as I always am. For sure. But like, we, I want to make it clear that we're not skeptical and like, a way that's invested in the drama of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. or or even the drama of their real lives and what's really happening it's like yeah. exploring that uncomfortable space yes between the real world and the truman show yes and not knowing at what point you're in what space that's like where people get confused with my content is sometimes too and they're like talk you like talk more about this and it's like I don't want to psychoanalyze them, but I am interested in what Bianca Perez of Young Nihilist once said, like, I want to be the gremlin among the zeros and ones. It's like the Kardashians are, I understand what Bianca meant in in that context, but also in a way it's like the Kardashians force us to like live like in between the zeros and ones of like Mm -hmm. their narratives. And it's like, yeah, like what, what is that weird space that they put us in? For sure. And it almost is like Westworld robots, like trying to like figure out the reality (laughs) Yeah, Um, because it is like a, and I think that's why people don't like them is because they have such power over their storytelling and it's left us, the viewer feeling very powerless Mm -hmm. of being disoriented. No one mm-hmm. likes to be disoriented. For sure. But we lead with curiosity when yes. we're confused. And that's why we're dispatching from mm. the Kardashian <laughs> simulacrum. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We're on the front lines, baby. Yeah. Okay. Three. The void vibe. No, that is not a tra- smooth enough transition. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't just read down the Word document. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. All right, so fuck the void vibe. The social media discourse was asking for more personality from the family. And one thing that is also a bit uncanny is that they seem exhausted in a way, mm-hmm. but then they have to judge up personality because that's what's being asked for. And they're clearly trying to deliver us what they've been, we've been asking for. For sure. So that's interesting and yes, kind of stringent to watch. Okay. Well, I'm proud of this quote, so I will say. Do it. Yeah. What I said during the episode while I was watching it is that they seem like exhausted engines of the highest form of late capitalism. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer. And you know watch. what that looks like? What? It looks like a roly polioli. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> With a little bit less personality, actually. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Point number three. Point number three, a brief AI interlude at the 818 party. So basically there's robots at the 818 tequila party that Kendall <laughs> rolls in with. And by the way, every time the family is going to be collectively meeting at an event, we've realized that there was a conscious decision made along the way to have them, to give them entrances, slow motion, like epic music entrances for each and every one, mm-hmm. um, like of their looks, their fits, their, wa- their for walks. Sure. And so they're at this party and we see like big bulky robots like pouring drinks, but then like Ben Winston, who I guess is the producer of the show, comments to Chloe, uh, like, well, it requires four men to like, you know, manage one robot. So like the labor isn't actually cheaper or something. And mm-hmm. so it's like just like a little commentary about like AI 
acknowledging we're in that moment, but then kind of like saying like, but we're, it's don't worry. It's not out of control yet. You know, but also discussion about cheap labor, like, let's just throw, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, even though like the term being used is like, okay. Clearly you have, you have a way of looking at this. <laughs> yes. But what's interesting is I'm, I might be wrong, but Ben Winston, I'm pretty sure. And then we can cut this if it's untrue, but um, I think his dad is like, a famous communist or like labor party person. Yeah. There's like a. what. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it, blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ben Winston, this producer of the yes. Kardashians. Yes. How do you know that? Because I've done like some deep dives for the sake of the, yeah, British producer and director. Um, I We need to confirm this because this is interesting for the all the UK-based listeners out here. Who's his dad? I know he his dad is someone. Baron Winston. Baron Winston! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Robert Maurice Lipson Winston. Oh. Otherwise known as Baron Winston. He's a labor peer. So, well, okay, then that makes sense that Ben Winston's thinking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I could be getting him mixed up with a different... Kardashian producer whose dad is British and like is like oh involved. my god so um unfortunately we don't have the budget to fact check anything that we say so take everything we say with a grain of salt we'll pose it as a prompt to you guys like this could be an interesting TikTok deep dive if For like sure. you're trying to make some content or maybe I will one day who knows okay so we'll just leave it at that or do you have any other thoughts on the robot just that it's interesting that they even know that they like should give a little topical shout out to ai like they yes. just i mean in the same way of like them using sound very intentionally it's like mm-hmm. just even like having a little burst of something so topical and so and so visual still the mm-hmm. robot it wasn't it was not a streamlined actually like functional robot for the sake of the function it was a big bulky like kind of like softly shaped yeah um it was like an art piece almost at the yeah party. it was it was like being used as 
uh, an aesthetic or almost like a theme of the party. Yes. And I think it's also interesting given that like they feel like AI this season <laughs> that they are really just interacting with AI yeah. openly. <laughs> They're like, I'm a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. <laughs> I feel like you should tell the story. Oh my god, you're so obsessed with this story. Mackenzie's yeah. gonna laugh because, like, she laughs about how much you make me tell this story. I love this story. So, um, my best friend growing up, named Mackenzie, she um, was a nanny for a long time, and she took her kid she was nannying to the park, who was a baby, and she just remembers, like, witnessing the baby interact with all the other babies of the playground. <laughs> and she just kind of recalled it by saying, you know, my kid was like, I'm a baby. You're a baby. There's no reason we shouldn't hang out. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> so the Kardashians were like that with the robots for sure at the party. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also at the party, that is when they choose to introduce the storyline of Chloe having melanoma on her face. Yeah. In hindsight, like they circulate that information through the party. So then like Kylie <laughs> finds out it's melanomes. <laughs> oh yeah. Kylie literally calls it melanomes. <laughs> she like goes up to Chloe and she's like, I mom told me you've got melanomes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like obviously it's already all uh, it's already known among the family. And this right. is just like the setting that they chose to like announce this story. And we were just talking about how Chloe yet again like kind of carries the real like the really touchy stuff, like the really like uh, heavy stuff. Like she's the one driving those stories forward and carrying them kind of on her back. For sure. Yeah. That's the thing. Stuff happens all the time with all the sisters in their personal lives, I'm sure. But like they're choosing Chloe's real mm-hmm. life conflicts to be like a certain kind of conflict yes. in the show every single season. Yeah, you're right. Like real shit certainly happens to everyone because it happens to everyone in mm-hmm. life. But like, you're right. It's filtered through where it's like, all right, Chloe, it's gotta be you. It's gotta be the Tristan stuff. Like Kim and Kanye, we're not going there in depth, but you got to show up mm-hmm. for it and so on. And also actually I'm reading Conf- Kardashian confidential for research for the book that I'm writing. And even in 2010, when they were like kind of branding themselves early on by talking about their family history and dynamics, there was a lot of, there were accounts by all the sisters that, Chris had a kind of dependence, a unique dependence on Chloe. Mm. And I try not to go too deep into the analysis of that again, because I try not to psychoanalyze, but I do think it's significant that like Chloe keeps being volunteered for mm-hmm. this like realer shit. For sure. Okay. Um, number five, is it five or four? We're at the next point. <laughs> and regrettably we forgot where <laughs> we're at with it. So we're going to stop well, it's numbering scripts, but yeah, the numbers. Yeah, no more numbers. We're not going to do numbers anymore. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just for everyone. No numbers. Not for the person editing this. Not for the audience listening. No more numbers. <laughs> okay, the next takeaway. Political scripts. Okay. They've been listening to us. Oral culture, clearly. Mm-hmm. They want us to know that they're aware of the discourse and there's a lot of demands for them to like speak to salient identity-based topics. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kendall is talking about the difficulties of being a female founder. She says it's hard to be a female founder with 818. What I think is interesting about that is I do believe that there is a gender factor in the way that 818 was received and like the unique flack that it got. 
like the politics of cultural appropriation and the tequila trade, which are interesting and complex. And I highly recommend reading When Gringos Stole Tequila by Chantal Martineau. And actually, I interviewed Chantal. And one of the things that she told me was that the tequila trade has been going on for a very long time. And there's been like a lot of white men involved in the trade. And it has a lot to do with the regulations of tequila and the availability that it has to the trade in the market, like Mm -hmm. between the US and Mexico. And there's a reason this is not happening with like wine and champagne. It's really interesting. It's a Mm -hmm. fascinating book. And so I think the unique scrutiny that Kendall dealt with was gendered. Mm -hmm. But I don't really believe that she faced gendered barriers at that level that she's at in establishing that company maybe sure. you have i don't know i'm not in those spaces who knows um it's true that sexism pervades like all classes all everything mm-hmm. but it just does feel like not only with the level that she's at but like having that family behind her and the numbers behind her mm-hmm. who is really gatekeeping from the like endeavor of a company like that for sure you know which leads us to believe that like they're incorporating more political scripts in their storytelling this Mm -hmm. season which is interesting because like i'm not even like i don't really even like watch the kardashians like that but i even know that they have never really gotten like political particularly they keep it really neutral really ambiguous and that's actually i think for a long time been a source of their power Mm -hmm. and so the fact that they're kind of being like okay we'll play ball and Mm -hmm. we're gonna slap a script on to kendall Mm -hmm. And we're going to apply it to her. And they're not having Kim say it about skims. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. It's just like a low. And that's also like the brilliance of Chris Jenner yeah. with all the daughters and all the companies and all the, it like certain PR things they need to do can get mapped on to different brands. Just. um, Yeah. They deploy different sisters for different needs, different stories, different areas. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And in, weir- in a weird way, and I don't know why I'm saying this, like, let us know in the comments. Like, I have almost a more more of an inkling that Kim has maybe faced more sexism in the navigation of, like, lar- high-skill business than Kendall has with, like, a, little, a tequila project. Mm-hmm. And I could be, who knows, but that's just, like, my reaction. For sure. And then later on, because they, there was, like, in the this season of the Kardashians, we see that Kylie is going to say something about what the sisters have been doing for body image Mm -hmm. and like the power of their image. So like, that'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. But yeah, they're trying, they're like confronting stuff more. Um, And finally, and our final takeaway of the day take it away. (laughs) More openness than we've ever seen before about Kanye. But still, it's vague. But mm-hmm. Kim talks about how she's feeling tearful and unstable in the context of this divorce that's been playing out publicly with Kanye. To me, as an as an audience, as a viewer of it all, of like Kanye's um, like social media posts and everything, it's been a blur. And it kind of all like reached its peak when he was saying anti-Semitic stuff. So whatever they were, they were showing us screenshots of different like text messages between them and it's like to me it's just that that's that stuff is a continuation of whatever was going on during donda and balenciaga but so i i don't even know what they were referring to and they were still vague but showed us a few like interactions between texts and i think that was meant almost like seeing as kanye and kim screenshot was meant to like summarize it all like it's been a lot but at one point kim says i don't want to be a part of this narrative and what i thought was interesting about that is that was taylor swift's public statement when kim and kanye 
were accusing her of being a liar with like the Kim Kanye and Taylor Swift like triad of drama. And so it was interesting to hear Kim restate the Taylor Swift line on. For sure. And especially because Kim's been posting like videos with and dancing to Taylor Swift with North and stuff. So there's an interesting like little Taylor Swift reference on that that I think that people will be noticing. For sure. That's yeah. going to, I feel like that's going to, that's like foreshadowing for something. Yeah. Cause maybe. I didn't, cause like there's more openness about the divorce and mm-hmm. she's becoming less neutral. And then there's like these weird little Taylor Swift Easter eggs. Like, and, and like also just looking so blonde and white lately. Yeah. Yeah. And mapped on to just like the famous beef. Like there's, yes. And coming for like pop stars in general, like starting with Beyonce. For sure. Yeah, ending with, like, a Taylor Swift line. It's interesting. Um, And just, it is true. Kim said this. She, like, cries about it to Chris. Like, I never say anything. Like, I never act out. I never, like, you know, Kanye had, you know, got approval. But how I mentioned him in the show. But I never got approval in his mentions of me in in the media. And, like, feelings about, like, her saying that aside. Like, whatever. I'm not going to analyze the content of, like, that drama. It is true that she's always stuck to restraint and mm-hmm. like ambiguity when it came to Kanye and, and marriage stuff. So she is like loosening her grip on some of the control. I mean, it's still probably very controlled and curated, but like sure. just the fact that we're getting more at all of anything Kanye related is very, I don't know if it'll stay on that tone. I think she'll still keep it pretty mm-hmm. PG, but it's interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting that they're going to maybe if anything, tell that story of like, detachment from Kanye or resentment towards Kanye potentially using a Taylor Swift like that is also like a highly visual compression of so much nuance and relationship dynamics into we all know Taylor Swift was like the the thorn in the side Mm -hmm. for a while you know for sure yeah like it, it says so much without having to spend too much time yeah yeah definitely and like they also know that fans or even just people who are invested will um pick up on that because that's such also like TikTok culture stuff yes. where people picking up on little things and yes. like doing entire videos about it. So that is. And that's why I think the an emphasis on timeline there there was so much emphasis on like Kim being like I won't resume with Dolce and Gabbana for at least a year after the Kravis wedding and it's like why do you what's the special timeline chronology obsession like it's all a soup of branded deals but again i think that's their awareness of like i was an active participant in that tiktok culture of breaking down chronology and mm-hmm. at times i actually resisted it and i do think that there's other things that i like whatever i was a participant in the chronology obsession on tiktok <laughs> too hot now too and cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. we're falling apart no but okay. th- but the point is yeah maybe this is a reach or maybe it's not like but they're gonna throw us those little nuggets and i believe that they know that they are giving us prompts because you know what they spoke they responded to the big thing about north or um kim photoshopping the kids true and i forgot which kids were photoshopped but they're aware of like the granular obsessing that happens on tiktok for sure so perhaps they're even like clarifying timelines yeah. to give people yes yes more precise timelines for they, their little videos they want to encourage that much immersive engagement with the content for sure the bts of their viral imagery 
I bet we're still going to get some of that, but I think they're going to work. They're working a lot harder to give us more like substance. And I think that will come up, come with its own strong, uncanny effect. For sure. The uncanny Valley of the family has been the consistent thing through their whole journey, but it's just, that's, it's at a high level now. Those are all our takeaways. And before we conclude, we want to do a special segment that we're trying to do every episode where we shout out the NPC of the day on the episode Mm -hmm. that we just watched. Because every simulacrum and every simulation has an NPC, has multiple NPCs. For sure. And well, okay. But let's define NPC. What does that mean, Michelle? Non-playable character. You see them in video games. They're the people that come up and maybe give you a gift. That's that's our NPC gives. Our chosen NPC is actually the guy that like flies into the air to give Kendall her bottle of tequila. Um, <laughs> but it's the per. It's like the. Yeah, it's the character who who is non. You're not playing it, but they are part of the fabric of the game for some reason. But they are coded to just kind of like move through the game. Yes. Also, did we define simulacrum? We'll define it next time. <laughs> well, because the Kardashians are a simulacrum, and an example of a simulacrum would be a video game. Mm-hmm. We want to shout out the non-playable characters in the simulacrum of the Kardashian universe. So that's why we're doing this segment. And that's why the NPC of the day is the guy who flew into Kendall's party on the little weird jetpack (laughs) just to deliver her the bottle of tequila. It's shaped like an eight. Yeah. Which is its own for her little semiotic to deconstruct some other time. The eight is yeah. its own semiotic. Well, because it's just like so on the nose. You know what I mean? It was Why? like a literal eight for eight one eight. Yeah. So the guy that rolls in on the jetpack, he gives her the thing, and they all get ready for that moment. Like the whole table stands with their phones ready, and they're all just like smiling at it <laughs> as he like flies around the yard well it's like we sure weren't ready for that moment yeah no there was a lot of hype building up to the scene too because like first you see them all preparing and getting their phones and you're like what's the spectacle that like well is even exciting to this family that's done everything and then it's just like a single man like flying about and we flying want, through the air especially the reason we want to shout out the npcs is because like they're just normal people <laughs> entering this crazy world. And like that man was probably so nervous. He had a table of like the elite. Yes. The global elite watching him with their phones and a, and a television crew. Yeah. And knowing that like millions more people will see it. And if he fell, no. they're not going to cut it. No. And like those, those moments, those fucking Jetpacks are famously unpredictable. Like we've seen other meme memed moments of jetpacks like that. Yeah, the last time we saw a jetpack like that actually like on there there has been a jetpack use in the Kardashian simulacrum and it's when Kylie and Tyga were dating on a vacation and, and like he wore the jetpack in the water and like shot up in there and then they all like went crashing into the water cuz that was the point. But like this was on land. Like I could see that being a Chris Jenner thing. A Chris Jenner plot, just being like, 
Because if he falls, that'll be good too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, shout out to him. I hope he is sleeping well tonight. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I hope he got paid well for that. (laughs) Yes, because AI is going to cheap labor or whatever the fuck Ben Winston said. (laughs) And with that... Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Something we forgot to say in the intro that we should say now is don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah. If that's like a thing that you do on podcasts. Right. Or engage. Just fucking engage. Yeah, man. You know? Just think about it. (laughs) Just think about the topics and the themes. And let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. We care. We do care. We're listening. Just like the Kardashians are to all of us. What they say in succession. We hear, we hear you. Or, we hear for you. Or yeah. We hear for you. That's a good one. We hear for you. And on that note, good night and good luck. <laughs>